Cowtown. We call it the downward spiral at the moment. Dylan and Chris from the Armchair GM Podcast, we're going to discuss it. Brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, Chris, since last time we talked, the Flames have had a few games, uh, four to be exact. Um, honestly, one of their most dominant uh, games of the season, I would say, against St. Louis, this, the second game against St. Louis, the mm-hmm. 4-1 win, and uh, somehow turning a 6-1 lead into a 6-5 uh, close <laughs> win against Dallas, which was terrifying, and then just two lackluster performances against Nashville and, and Colorado. Uh, I'd say tied for the worst effort of the year, uh, the Colorado game. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're continuing to do this thing where they uh, win a couple, lose a couple, get a couple OT points, but they never actually go on a decent run and they fail to show up at the beginning of games. And it's just... The entire fan base is frustrated and pissed off, and and Souther's frustrated and pissed off, and and you and I are frustrated and pissed off. And um, I I think uh, the the tone in your voice says it all. Um, you know the the first two games that you you brought up were were pretty decent performances, and it was somewhere near. Oh, maybe three minutes left in the uh, uh, game on Saturday against the Stars, where really it took a turn. You know, they they came out super strong against the Blues on the on the second uh, game or second effort of uh, last week. Again, by... best best game of the year. I, I honestly think that. Yeah, yeah, they came on strong. They started really dominant against Dallas. They. I mean, what what did we score? Is like twenty eight seconds in, or like it was super fast. It was um, super quick, yeah. So I mean, we we came in really dominant, and 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 then all of a sudden, it it seemed like there was a comfort level that they they had when they shouldn't have. It's still professional sports; you're still required to play a full sixty minutes of every game because if you don't, I mean that. It, that game was like seconds away from from losing in overtime against Dallas. Oh, like just a hundred percent. Twenty five like, seconds in, uh, yeah. Andrew, which was actually a really nice. Uh, that's how dump and chase forechecking is supposed to work, right? That opportunity came from that, and that line is very good at it. Yeah. Um, well, they are right. You have Backlund, who is always responsible in all three zones. Yeah. You have you have Coleman, who is a hell of a forechecker. He's you know, he's like a Wolverine, I like to say. Yeah, and also good in in all three zones. But I mean, he really attacks the puck aggressively in in the offensive zone. He does, which is which is what you want from your, you know, third line guys, second line guys. You know those those types of well, really of players. All right? of your lines, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and like 
give Mangiapane credit. There was a he was doing pretty good there for a few games. You know, any regular mm-hmm. listeners of the podcast would know that uh, Chris and I are <clears throat> not a fan. Well, I, definitely both of us are not a fan of Mangiapane. Um, but given credit, he had three or four really good games. Um, I'd say easily the best stretch of hockey he played yeah. uh, followed by two fucking shitty games yeah i i even i even you know ate a bit of crow there you know a couple of games ago because you know what i i've been saying it all season long I, i've been saying it for a few years but a lot this year about how how mangiapani is you know i mean essentially he's been playing in my opinion to what i think he is as a player um you know all the years minus last year He's on this same, you know, yeah. point projection, if you will, and and super and so streaky it, and not just points wise, but but yeah, that's good right. Play wise, that's right. Yeah, yes. good effort, and 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 that's sort of probably a bad choice of words. He, I mean, no, I he always falls his effort. effort. He just doesn't yeah. have the, the skill set to. That's right. Match. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And and then he really. I mean, I think maybe five games, four games for sure, where he was he was looking like he was ready to kind of start rolling with it, and then you know, and then in the the game against Nashville and the game against Colorado, just back to the same, right? Getting pushed off the puck, not being aggressive, and well, and ultimately not not blaming him for the losses, but oh no, not at all. But that's two losses, right? So when when the team starts drawing back and not being aggressive. And quite frankly, showing absolutely zero emotion. Mm-hmm. There's there's no urgency on this team whatsoever. Even on the even on the the games that we win, I find the urgency is about half, and not where yeah. it should be. You know, they're, yeah, I, they're, I, I can get on board with that for sure. Yeah, it's and not it's, the pedal so, doesn't stay down. That's right. Yeah, they you know they they're very content in coasting, and that's mm-hmm. that. It's super frustrating to watch as a fan. I'm sure it's super frustrating from a coaching standpoint. How he's not able to get through to them is baffling to me, to be honest. Um, you know, we all know how hard nosed Daryl has has kind of been in his career. I don't know if he's softening up and. Maybe that's what's causing it, but I mean, if if ever there's been a time you want to kick over a garbage can in a in a locker room between periods, now's the time. Any of like, the last few games, probably. Absolutely. Um, you know, yeah. Like we're well over midway of the season now, and they have zero identity. Like, the, what are the Flames right now? You know, is that know. is that a question you'd like me to answer, or is that I mean, just a blanket statement? Both, and it's a question for everybody watching. You know, yeah. put that put that comment in 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 uh, in in the, in the thread below. You know, what are the flames right now? Like, yeah, I know what I think the flames are, and I think they're they're not even a bubble team. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. No, unless they change something. And I'm yeah. not talking about personnel. I'm talking about attitude amongst the entire team nobody seems and and i know this is um 
just coming from a guy who's watching, right? Like I am not there. I don't, I don't see what's going on in the room, but it doesn't look like anybody's happy to be there. Um, whether it's game or practice or, or, or whatever, um, just from interviews and body language. And like, I was having this argument online with somebody the other day. Um, they were saying like, all oh, Lindholm's just there to, you know, to collect his millions and not, um, no, he, he's not losing any sleep over the shitty play of the team. And I'm like, if you like watch or listen to his interviews, his body language and, and, and the tone in his voice when he's answering questions, he's not having a good time. They're like, and it's not because he's not trying. They're all trying. They're just like, he just isn't having a good time this year. And, and um, I mean, in, in his defense, I, I, w- I would bet he loses a ton of sleep. <clears throat> I, w- I would imagine too. I mean, he's, he's, he doesn't like losing. We know that. Yeah. Elias Lindholm is a winner. He he thrives on on that good feeling and that emotion of of winning he and, does. and and being happy. Like he's he's a completely different player when we're you know playing at seven hundred opposed to five hundred. But he's a completely different player. Hundred percent. Um. And it, and his point totals are a direct result of that. I mean, he's close to a point a game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's 40, 41 points in 45 games, but he's only got 14 goals this year. Yeah. Um, and he's he's a shooter, right? Like, yeah, he's got good playmaking skills too, but he has, I'd say, the best shot on the team. One of, for sure. Yeah, top three, definitely. It's either him or Toffoli, and I, yeah, I think I think it's him. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. The, uh Sadarov has a nice shot too, actually. And, but yeah, yeah, right. Where yeah. I mean, it, it's really come on this year, which mm-hmm. has been been kind of pleasant to watch. He's been a, in, in my opinion, he's been one of the bright spots on the team. I've really enjoyed his time when he's joining the rush. He's he's really engaged this year, which I do like seeing. And and he's being physical, in my opinion, at the right time. Um, he's he's laid a few guys out. Um, there is he's not getting out of position uh, like remember when we first got him mm-hmm. and even for the first like half season um that he was here he he did he he yeah. got out of position and that's mm-hmm. like in order to make a big hit and now he makes the big hit that's there instead of chasing it that's right right yeah. and, and and it's it's huge it's it's way better he made just an awful play the other night um I don't know why he was out on the power play, but he was out on the power play and he went to skate the puck behind the net. He lost the puck and then he just kind of stood there and watched the play yeah, unfold. Right? And and yeah. Ben Ben scored shorthanded, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. if, if they have that goal, right? I believe it was Ben's goal. Shorthanded, yeah. shorthanded. Uh, yeah. Would it was that his second one? I think that was the one that started the the uh, almost comeback. I could be wrong, but anyways, he did. Like I said, and like you said, he's much better defensively. I I think he's earning his his contract this year. I think he is too. I mean, I I was reminded on a daily 
on a daily basis by you and Greg. Uh, Greg, I know you're going to watch this, and I'm calling you out about about Zadaroff and being out of position and and whatnot. And and I kind of I always fought back a little bit because I mean there were a couple times, but it wasn't as egregious as as I believe you and and Greg were making it out to be. It was, it did happen. I'm not saying it didn't happen, but it It was really, really bad while he was in Colorado. And I think he got a little better while he was in Chicago. And then it's gradually gotten better since then. Like, what what is he, a 20, 26 year old or 27 year old or something like that? Which is natural progression, right? As you get older, you mature. You have a few different coaches telling you what to do and and how how to defend properly, how to be part of the system. So it's, it's yeah. natural that, you know, like Dion Phaneuf was the same. Not that he really progressed into anything great or good. Um, he but it, he regressed. Like he went from yeah, like he he, at the age where you should be, you know, reaching your prime, he kind of just tanked. Yeah. He just like got bad and then went to the Leafs and they made him captain for some reason. <laughs> it, that was a pretty bizarre move. Um, yeah. You know, enough, I mean, I I still have his jersey. It doesn't come out, of, of obviously for for reasons, but yeah, I mean, I I was a huge Phaneuf fan from from the draft in his first couple of years. The kid was oh yeah was going to be a stud, right? Mm-hmm. But but he was the same way, out of position a lot, trying to make that booming hit, which I mean, he he made a lot of them, but I'd say fifty maybe sixty percent of the time. You know the the play itself was sacrificed just so Dion can make a hit. Mm-hmm. Where I know Zadorov was definitely really really bad for it in Colorado, so I guess that's defending Greg a little bit. Um, but it, I mean he's he's looking much much better this year, much much better. Oh he, yeah, for he's sure. he's the only one that really seems to be better than last year, right? Other than I'll give uh, Dubé for. For a stretch, um, I'm not necessarily Rasmus as well. Probably Rasmus has been pretty good too. Um, and you're right, Dubé's not been great lately. But he he had that stretch where he played the best hockey of his career, like hands yeah. down, right? Yeah, and like I think last I think five, having the conversation that we're gonna have uh, in in a little bit about about lines and and things like that. I, I mean, I've got a couple of opinions when it comes to that. If you can believe it, my name's Chris, and I've got a couple of opinions. <laughs> you should, uh, you should get a little like thought bubble that you can put that up, and then it gets me to shut up, and then you can talk. My name is Chris, and I have an opinion. I have an opinion up above your head, and then I see it, and then I know you've got something to say. You know, uh, Zoom actually introduced a whole bunch of different uh, apps in the latest uh, update, apparently. That I haven't mm. gone through yet. I just noticed when I opened it up there 20, 30 minutes ago. So I'll have a look at it. Maybe that's one of the options. I can just type in, you know, shut the fuck up for a second. Let me talk or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Um, but yeah, to, to me, it seems like um, as a whole, like we can go through all of these games um, but I don't think it's really worth it this this time around. It's just... I mean, it's just been really hard to to watch. Like, you have a game or two where you're, you know, you're excited and you're like, okay, they can really build off this. And then they just do the complete opposite and um, play horrible hockey for a couple games. It's just like, what's, which one are you? 
like you were saying earlier, which are are you just this middling team again? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, they, they went, you know, in, in this four game segment that we're talking about, they went four goals against St. Louis and then hammered six very quickly uh, against, against Dallas. Mm -hmm. And then best team in the West, I think. That's right. And then they, and then they, Essentially, midway through the second period, that was it. Yeah, they, just, good. they forgot how to play hockey. They forgot how to how to, how to score goals because in the next two games, it was one goal, one goal. Yep. You know, like obviously we're going to lose games. I mean, you can't, you know, not not saying losing games isn't Markstrom's fault, but it's also not Markstrom's fault. So that's that's something I want. Let's let's talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, because I totally agree with that um i've been defending markstrom the last month or so because i thought he's he's been a lot better of late than he was at the starting uh at the start of the year absolutely um, yeah mid december mid december he really kind of started making a change there for the better like his yeah. save percentage is better his, his goals against average is better um his not allowing the first shot in is better now it's the third yeah Second to fourth shot, yeah, 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 and like, I think one of those goals in Colorado was was pretty bad, at, but like, yeah. the rest of them, I thought were were nice plays, and like, but at the same time, there comes a point where the team can't score, but Markstrom has to make the save, right? Sure. Like, I, I'm yeah. not saying that losing is his fault because I don't think it's his fault. I think if they were playing well and they lost like they were at you know at the end of October or whatever mm-hmm. um then that that was his fault, right? Yeah. But now it's it's both of their fault. He can't make the he makes really nice saves but he doesn't make the fucking easy ones anymore and when yeah. he does he looks he bobbles them and lets out rebounds and and he's got to get his head back in order in my mind but the rest of the team has to like you know we won 6-5 and 4-1 but before that it's like a bunch of two goal games a one goal game another one goal game like we don't score enough the That's team right. has to score, but Markstrom also has to make the save. Like we're missing goaltending, we're missing defense, and like the defense in front of him is fucking horrible. And but he's still got to make some saves, right? That, that's and right. The offense is just as bad as the defense. Like the team is just not gelling at all. No, they're not. And and you know, I mean, is it a situation? Because like, I do understand the the stats that that the team in general scores more goals when Ladar's in net opposed to when, when Markstrom's in net. And I'm wondering if some of that is, is a mentality that they, they have more confidence. Hold. Well, yeah, they have more confidence with Ladar to push forward instead of hanging back and, and, and trying to make sure things are 100% on the passes. And, and that's when they really start messing up. Right. Is when Yeah. Like they overthink in about, front of, in front yeah. of Markstrom more instead of just letting their instincts that's right do 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 the thing that they're supposed to do right yeah i i agree 100% that i mean there there's clearly something 
that is different between playing in front of Bladar versus Markstrom. There's clearly yeah. something, right? Hundred percent. But I mean, like, even, like if you look at so far this month, right? Two goals, four goals, three goals, three goals, four goals, six goals, one goal, one goal, right? Mm-hmm. Like we scored a lot goal of goals. Was it, what's that? We scored a lot of goals this this month, but you know, not a great record in spite of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it's it's not bad. It's just probably more doom and gloom thinking about the last two games. But but yeah, the last two were really really hard to watch, and those are two teams you needed to beat. Like like mm-hmm. beating yeah. beating Colorado would have been huge for the standings, right? Like where where we are right now. Yeah, Colorado. I, I don't have the standings in front of me, but Colorado is like right on our tails and has a couple of games in hand. Well, that's right, and and for the last number of years we've actually done very good against colorado yeah it hasn't been bad ever since the that playoff series yeah. they kind of smartened up against colorado yeah absolutely <clears throat> yeah we're 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 two points ahead of colorado right now and they've got three games in hand yeah like that's that can't happen and i think edmonton last, just last just night can as well so yeah like no, it's the second intermission, 3-3. Three, three. Oh, it's 3-3 three, three now. The yeah. last I checked, it was 3-0. Yeah. Yeah. So, so okay. Tam- Tampa's coming on strong in the in – or came on strong in the second. So, we'll see okay. how that plays out. So, That's good. Hopefully I've, they – I've uh... never cheered for Tampa before in my life. I'm not necessarily cheering for Tampa now. I'm just te- cheering against the Oilers. There's yeah. a difference. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. It's like they're living in some sort of virtual reality or something when it comes to not being able to um, have any sort of stretch of, you know, decent play for more than a game or two or even like a game and a half, honestly. Absolutely. I agree. And you know what? I mean, spe- like speaking of virtual reality, have, have you heard of zero latency? I have. Yeah, it's a really, really sweet uh, establishment in in Calgary, uh, located at sixty nine forty Fisher Road Southeast. Um, they are leading technology as far as virtual reality gaming in in Calgary. It's it's unbelievable. Can go there. They've got it, and they also have a bunch of big screen TVs. You can watch Flames games when you're there. I know the owners uh, personally, and they are huge Flames fans. Um, you you can also stop by on Sunday because I can guarantee you all the NFL games are going to be on TV because they're also NFL fans. Um, anyways, and next time you're looking for something to do with with some friends or or some coworkers, some uh, some time away to to reconnect with 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 others uh i highly recommend uh zero latency uh check them out at uh zl on tilt.ca or follow them on uh on the socials right yeah. Instagram, link, the link will be down in the description <laughs> yeah absolutely um i'm i'm looking forward to it hopefully we can get down there um <clears throat> i'm coming down to calgary on the 25th um or sorry the 26th for the uh chicago game and hoping that we can uh, 
get some time in at zero latency. I, I, I'm really interested to check it out. Sounds like a blast. Yeah, it's a really cool establishment. The uh, I can't believe you're not coming a couple of days earlier so you can boo Johnny when he gets here. I was thinking about it, but uh, <laughs> I work the day before that, and uh, my mom will be in town, so I'll be hanging out with her. Um, Gotta have mom time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta have mom time. I know that all too well. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, moving on, maybe we should talk a little bit about um, the lines, the pairings. The lines uh, the I pairings? think we're both kind of let's start off with the vladar thing because we were just kind of on that a little bit um and it's not because i like i i think that markstrom is going to have like going to have to be your goalie down the stretch and he's gonna have to be the best like like he's gonna give you your best chance to make the playoffs and make a run in the playoffs however right now vladar is the team is better in front of him. They they have more confidence in front of him and he is playing better than Markstrom. So I don't specifically think that it's time to give Vladar the starter's job as in like, you know, all of a sudden Vladar is going to start nine out of 10 games. I think that's yeah. not the right way to go about it. No, I think that um, treating the next couple weeks, like we've got Tampa, Chicago, Seattle, Columbus, um, just to name a few, like uh, including a back-to-back Chicago and Seattle. So mm-hmm. I think it's probably more like, you know, give Lidar two to, to Markstrom's one is how I would handle it if I were the coach, which I'm not. But because I, you can't let Markstrom rot on the bench either, right? No, I, I agree. I mean, I, I personally think right now they need to do closer to a 1A, 1B at the moment yeah. and and do a very simple system that's been going around in sports. When you're in. When and you're in. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Have a shitty game. All right. Sit it out. What about if it's uh what what about if you let, you know, a six one lead dissipate to six five? Are are you are you still in the next game because you've won? Yes. All right. See, I think that there's I wouldn't do it like that. I would say I I play very well and you're in or win win and you're in unless you like actually didn't play good i think i think throwing caveats on when and you're in is a mistake i okay. i think i think that it was a, a full collapse from the entire organization for the last 30 minutes of the game 25 for sure yeah yeah no um, i, I and I'm, I'm not saying bludar did well in that third period because he did not no. Again, the same thing with what we've been saying about Markstrom, right? Is yeah. um the team sucked, but still got to make the saves. That's right. Right. Yeah. And I and I agree. If you let that. two in there, that's one thing. But you let it get to six five, you know? Yeah, because it was what, it, team. Was, it was two six uh, going into the third. Yeah. 
six two, I believe. Yeah, yeah, but the I think the um, let me look at it. But I believe the last goal, or sorry, the six two goal went in, um, right at the end. Let me see. The six two goal went in with like. 45 seconds left in the second period yeah from sagan yeah uh yeah yeah <clears throat> so yeah so, that's um you know still basically letting in you know four goals in in a period in 45 seconds well that's right yeah four unanswered goals right yeah that's what that is yeah <clears throat> and you know, thankfully, we, we were able to sustain it given, you know, there is not little, very well. No, not well, but, but there is, you know, over four and a half minutes left in that, in that third period at six five, right? So that's terrifying territory in my opinion. And they were, they were pouring it on and the flames had no answer. Like, like, I think it was Rudy on the broadcast was just absolutely giving the flames all the credit in the world for holding it at six, five. And I was like, they did not play well for the last four minutes either. Like, <laughs> well, so that, that kind of comes down to your, your question on, because we, we almost let the lead go away. Ladar looked pretty good in that last four minutes. That he did. I'll give you that. Yeah. So I think, I think having four unanswered scored on him kind of woke him up a bit, and that's and that's part of the reason why I think because they still got the win, and then he did get back to life to finish the game and and hold us into that because I mean the the players were not holding us in that game at all. Absolutely not. Yeah. So okay. I mean, I honestly, I could get on board with winning you're in. I could get on board with two for Vladar and one for Markstrom for a couple weeks. I could yeah. get on board for for a 50-50 split even. Um, I just yeah. think that Markstrom needs to have a few less starts over the next couple. And, and, and like leaning more towards the Vladar side of getting more starts. Well, that's right. Cause, Cause we I, need points. I, I don't, I don't fully buy into um, your, your initial comment on, on the goaltending that, that we need Markstrom to be there um, to a, make the playoffs be uh, make, you know, any sort of run in the playoffs. You know, how many times have we seen the, the rookie or the, the young goaltender come in and take over and, and win Stanley cups. Not saying that that's what the Flames are going to do, like Matt Murray but, or or whatever. That's right, um, Jordan Binnington, you know, or um, how, how about who are how both about, you know really bad goaltenders now? But that's besides the point. How how about the Flames organization when Smith was here? Right, we yeah. weren't going to make the playoffs until Riddick started standing on on his head for a couple of weeks and got us into the playoffs. In my opinion, yeah. You know, we if if Smith was still net, we weren't making playoffs that year. No, I mean we didn't do well in the playoffs. Granted, Smith went back into net. Yeah, which was stupid. Really, really stupid. And then yeah. they did the same thing to Riddick the next year with Talbot. Yeah, and yeah. like I believe me, I I I'm a huge Talbot fan, and I yeah. think that he did good there. But I don't think that uh, I think Riddick deserved the starts at least 
to start the playoffs. Yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I agree. He, I mean, he he earned it and deserved it, in my opinion. And I, what I, a what I think, a rewind topic, right? <laughs> and I and I think personally, I think Riddick was was done dirty in in Calgary. I, I really do too. Do. You know, I, I think both him and Talbot kind of were Talbot too. Yeah, I think that tandem could have been really good for years. I agree. Right. I really yeah. think that that. I, Sorry, go ahead. I I I I do agree with you. I'm I'm a big Talbot fan and supporter, and I I the way I mean the season that he had, and then we just kind of at the end of the year like piss off, like come on, and then yeah. you know, and then same thing happened with David at the same time, right? And it was because I mean Talbot wanted to be the starter. That's why. He, he came to Calgary. He thought he was going to be the starter, and then it kind of was more of a one A one B thing. Yeah. Um, and then he he kind of was like, "Well, I will resign if you give me the, the confidence of saying, you know, I'm the starter." But they wouldn't do that because they had whoever they had at the time, which was Riddick, I think. It was Riddick, right? Yeah. And I mean, at at most, it should have been or most best, I mean, I however we want to call it, it should have been 1A, 1B. I still would have put Talbot in as maybe a 60% to Riddick 40. Yeah, and I think that would have kept both guys happy, honestly. I think so, too. So then he goes to Minnesota, and what do they do? Bring in Flower. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry, Cam, you're out again. So yeah. stupid. He's he's getting most of the starts now in, in Ottawa, but uh, mm-hmm. he's got no defense in front of him at all, so... It's like Thomas Shabbat playing 70 minutes a game and then 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 nobody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um anyways, maybe we should take yeah. a little break Thank to you. talk about the uh DraftKings. Let's uh talk DraftKings and we'll come back and we'll uh, discuss some more lines like it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The NFL playoff action continues. We're one step closer to Super Bowl 57. And for the NFL Divisional Round, check out DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Plus, all new and existing customers can take a shot at an even bigger payout with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlay. Boost your NFL winnings with each leg. You add up to 100%. I can't wait for Sunday. My Niners are taking on the Cowboys. It's going to be one heck of a game. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NFL Divisional Round and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age, some restrictions apply. See the show notes for details. Well... I think it's time to talk about the lines. Let's talk about the forward lines first. Um, 
it's been, you know, I think both of us have said it quite a few times over the last, I don't know, ever since Lucic got put on that second line, quote unquote, second line. Um, if it's working, why mess with it? Yeah. It stopped working. It stopped working a few games ago. Yeah. So yeah. as much as I've been, you know, a pro keep Lucic their guy because it was working, it stopped working, and that should not have a long leash at all. That should have been changed already. Yeah, absolutely. After coming back from injury and then being rewarded with with that, there is a resurgence in uh, in Luch for sure. Yeah, you, I mean, he was all over the place. He was hitting again. He was actually being a playmaker, which is like yeah, it it, it looked he really looked good, good for, for I'm going to say weeks. yeah, two weeks. Yeah. And then you're right. And then it just fizzled and they're not producing anymore. And, you know, and, and he's just, he's just not the guy for that line, you know, no. unfortunately. No. And no fault of his own. Yeah. yeah. Um, that Absolutely. being said, I'm, I'm actually not that I'm a, I'm a plus minus, you know, truther or anything like that. But, um, Nazem Kadri actually, is the worst plus minus player on the team at minus seven. That does not surprise me. Um, and like Huber, those even, I believe. Mm. So I think that says a lot. Um, actually, no, he's a plus one. Yeah. Um, but again, like I don't really care that much about that stat usually, but it kind of speaks volumes sometimes. You know what I mean? I think it speaks volumes when the offense is not happening, mm-hmm. right? Like, don't don't be on the wrong side of that stat when you're not producing yourself. Exactly. You know, obviously, it's harder to be on the wrong side of that stat when you are producing. But, I mean, if you're not going to score, you better at least be able to defend. Ask Michael Backlund. He'll tell you. Yeah. I mean, he's a plus seven. Right? right, exactly. How many points does Backlund have right now? Twenty-four. It's pretty respectable for uh, number eleven. Yeah, he's on pace for you know forty-five-ish points, probably. Yeah. It's not too bad. I'm, on I'm pace fine for eighteen goals, seventeen goals. That's pretty much Backlund stat line. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Did um, he? You said plus seven. Yeah. So plus seven. Plus he plays second power play. And first uh, penalty kill. I mean, he he does it all, right? The Which only are... guy who's got a bigger plus plus on the team than Backlund is Zadarov, who has a ten. Fucking hell! Right? <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I know it makes no sense because you see him every once in a while. You see him make a boneheaded move, and you're like, "How is this guy the best plus minus player on the team?" <laughs> I would never have guessed that. Yeah, <laughs> I would never have guessed that. That's amazing. 11 <laughs> points plus 10. <laughs> I mean, he's doing it right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Had a, had a boy, Big Z. <laughs> yeah. Um, Stone's actually a plus five. But we'll, we'll get to the defense in a bit. But so, yes, I think that I think that it's definitely time to move Luch back down to the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it would... Um, 
you know, make Walker Dewar the odd man out on that line or, or what would happen? Um, who would you move up? And would you keep Kadri and, and Huberto together? Um, personally, myself, I want to see... Hmm. I I want to see Dubé get paired up with Kadri again. That was a really good pairing. It re- it was. And and quite frankly, I I think that Dubé on the first line with with Tofoli and and Lindholm or the line with Tofoli and Lindholm. Same thing with the Lucic thing. It's run its course. It I think that one ran its course after a week. Uh, maybe a little bit longer, but yeah. Mm. About that, yeah. Like I, I mean, it started out really fresh. It was nice. It was good. Um, right now, Toffoli's getting all his points on the power play. Yeah, you know, there, there's, I no, no offense to Dylan. He's he's not a playmaker, and no. both of the players on that line that he's playing with require a playmaker. Yeah, and that's that's. You, you want to try Huberdo again? I do. Yeah, yeah, I do. I Even though it was him. a disaster for a while. I mean, it was a disaster for a while. I think there was other things happening in that in that situation. I think now that they've had more time on the power play together, um, because he, you know, he is playing with those guys. I believe if we can get Huberto playing the, the playmaker role, as well as willing to shoot, yeah, and keep Lindholm digging out front and to fully sniping from the. From the hash marks, I think I think it would be a productive line. I agree with that. Um, I'm just gonna quickly um, talk about Huber though for a second. I I, yeah. I in general I really like what he brings, mm-hmm. um, and I'm a fan. And I know that he's not producing as much as as people would like, um, but the only thing that he really does that bothers me, like his defense has gotten a lot better. His, his um, offensive instinct is starting to show more and more. Um, But the thing that really, really bothers me. And I cannot believe we went from a guy who tried between the leg shots too much to a guy that's trying between the leg, leg, no look passes too much and that is driving me fucking crazy no look passes are one of the things that pisses me off more than anything else in hockey when it works it looks amazing when it doesn't you look like a fucking idiot it works five percent of the time yeah maybe ten Right, and you need chemistry with the people you're playing with, like and and that's right. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. You you need to do that when you're on the ice with a guy or two guys you've been playing with for three years. Yeah, and you know, and I I agree. It, it's very frustrating. His his breakout pass out of our zone is terrible, terrible. It's, it's I'd like, like to see him. He doesn't know this out of the zone. Why not? He's he's very good at controlling the puck. He and when he loses it, it, he's good at getting it back. Yeah, he's well. He's gotten a lot better at it, anyways. Well, and he's he's strong on the puck. He's strong. He's when really he has strong it. on the boards. I didn't realize yeah. that. Yes, oh. 
Yeah, no. he's he, he's not he doesn't shy away from from being physical. He's he's really good at taking the puck away from you in in the corners. Yeah, you know, and 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 yeah, no, I agree. He needs to start skating up the ice with the puck, create the play in the in the neutral zone, or or create the play as you're going across the blue line. So you want to see Lindholm with Defoli and and Huberto and yeah. Kadri with um, Dubé and who? Um, either Rizika or or Dewar. I think Ruziska needs a scratch. That's fair. I think he needs to get off the fourth line, personally. Yes, but he also needs to fucking try harder when he's on the fourth line. Agreed. Like he's yeah, he's he's been good. You know, he's he had that really good stretch when he was getting the ice time, and then Huberto came back from that injury and he he got moved down a line mm. and he sulked about it, and then he stopped mm. trying hard and yeah. and he never got that try hard back. Like he, he would be a guy who would move up. He's again, he's strong on the boards. He can grind. He can do all that type of stuff, but he doesn't, he's, he's not doing it. Not because he yeah. can't, but because he just stopped giving a fuck. It seems. Yeah. I think Daryl, I think, you know, if, if, if we can put him up there uh, playing with Dubé and Kadri, I think Daryl needs to sit him down and, and tell him point blank. You're there. You've got a short leash. If you're not going to put forth the effort, you're going to be uh, either eating popcorn or on the fourth, or you're you know you'll trade with Dewar or somebody else, and just let them know straight up. Either you put forth the effort, or you're not going to be there. I would be down with doing that against Tampa. Yeah. Um, I I'd like to see if he you know if it works out, then keep him there until he stops giving a fuck again. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, I think for the next stretch of games, I don't I really like Dewar, but I think Dewar's ceiling is a bottom six. Bottom winger. six. Yeah, I agree. Um just just because of his play style. Like he wasn't even in the top six in in uh on the Wranglers. Right. Right. <clears throat> because yeah, yeah. that's the game he plays, is just the bottom six type of game. That's but, right. He, he plays a hard game, so he plays a Sutter style, yeah, right? So yeah. I, I can see why they brought him up and why they actually gave him with Richie, the opportunity right? to, to play with Richie gone because he's the perfect replacement for that. Exactly. The uh you know, I wouldn't I honestly wouldn't be upset if if Rez got a, a night off or an afternoon off, I guess, if you're talking about Tampa, and we see Pelts in there in that That's... same in that same spot with Kadri and Dubé. That's what a that's what I was gonna say. I don't want to see that in Tampa, honestly. No, I w- I would rather see Rosiska get that shot you were talking about in Tampa. But if it doesn't work, mm. then he gets scratched and Peltier gets put on the second line for a couple game stretch at least to see. Yeah, I'd be okay with with that. Right, keep keep Russ on that line because he is better defensively. As far as I know, uh, than than Peltz is, um, and then put even I think even if he plays okay ish, you still do it and and put Peltz in against Columbus and and Chicago. 
on yeah. the second line. Yeah. Then yeah. where do you where do you, what do you do with with Rizishka? That's what I'm saying. Do what let him watch a couple of games during that time. Oh, even if he plays good. No, I mean if he plays if he if he's a standout, then you have to keep him there. If he plays, yeah. if he just plays, and and plays okay, then I think that's when you do that. Okay, yeah, no, no, I like that, but yeah, I I do think that um, like as much as Peltier is, you know, a young guy, and you know, Sutter's not going to give him a huge role, and probably shouldn't. Honestly, it would be nice to see. Um, I mean, I'd rather see. Peltier we need something. Than we need a spark of some sort. And That's it's, right. it's unfair to ask a 21-year-old in his first game to be a spark for the whole team. Right? I mean, it is and it isn't, right? That's it's it's very common practice to to bring in somebody young like that that has the energy and has, you know, hopefully the the desire to make the NHL, right? Yeah. You know, that that youth might, you know, might might bleed off into into the rest of the players you don't know that would be awesome and and apparently he has a really good attitude and and like i think that's one thing that the team is missing right now is is happiness like we were talking about earlier like that's right just being happy to come to the rink and if sometimes just one guy can like you said make it bleed into the rest of the people right if it's got to start somewhere right i mean if 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 it's not going to be from one guy, then we don't have a chance because it, it's not like we're going to be bringing in a couple of guys to 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 play anything. And I know that this is you know a, a massive sidetrack, but um, whether it's it's happiness or just like overall emotion on the ice, this team really really misses Matthew Kachuk. Mm-hmm. I really believe that, I, and I know that that um, <clears throat> you know his playoff. Um, no shows notwithstanding. Um, this team is fucking boring without what he brought. There's, yeah, like there, there's no scrums after the whistles. There's no and standing up for each other. There's, yeah, like there's nothing, right? Sadarov does sometimes, but that's like then he's the only guy there. Like it's that's right. And Zadarov isn't a fighter, he's not a fighter. He's just big, right? Yeah. So he can make people back down because of his size. But if anybody was to actually stand up to him, Zadarov would be in trouble, right? Because he's yeah. not a very good fighter. Yeah. That's. But no, um, you're right. There's there's no emotion. There's nothing there. On four lines. Yeah. And and six um, demon. Exactly. I would keep that fourth line the same, obviously, with with Luch going down, um, but. Lewis is is like the absolute um, model forward right now, I think, on on the whole team, which is, I mean, he has been for a few years. He's he's so good at what he does. He he just he shouldn't be. We shouldn't be coming out of games saying Lewis was our best forward and it's happening a lot. And, And I don't get me wrong. Great for Lewis, but it means the rest of the eleven guys aren't doing their job because he's a guy who should be like, you know, PK two and fourth line, which he is. But yeah. he's 
when that's the guy that stands out when you have star players that yeah, when, just when you don't. have a Lindholm, Lindholm, when you have a Kadri, when you have a Huberdo, and and Lewis is the standout of the game, that's an yeah. issue. You know, no yeah. offense to Lewis, because I mean, like you and I both really like what he brings to the to the yeah. table, like and have for a number of years. Yeah, power play goal, <laughs> right? And yeah. I mean, it's it's a sad situation where, when in my opinion, Lewis is the only untouchable as far as line movement. Like he's not going to be watching games from the press box. Oh fuck no! You know, I I don't want him on this on this you know second line with Kadri or whatever you want to label the lines as. I want him in the role that he's playing because that's what he's suited to do and he does it very well. Him. Him, Backlund, and Tanev, I want to say, are the, are the three guys who mm-hmm. come to play every single game, never have a game off, and are the the model of consistency. Yeah, I agree. Once we get into the defenseman, Co- though, I, do have something I want to say uh, something about Tanev. Okay. Well, we'll get into that in a second. I'm I'm assuming you're leaving the the Mangiapane. Uh, Backlund Coleman line together. I am. Yeah. I wish we had a better option than Mangiapani, but um, that's the best place for him. I, I think agree. both you and I have said it for a few years. He's a third liner. He yeah. produces and plays best when he's on a third line. He sucks when he's on a second line. Yeah. And then he gets moved down and then he starts playing well again. So keep him, keep him there. <clears throat> kind of like what happened again this year, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Last, um, last year he was getting a bunch of points on the third line and moved up to the second and his point production fall, fell down. I did want to mention something you were talking about Peltier there. You didn't um you said you didn't know how, how he was defensively. Um that's one of his the hallmarks of his game, which is really weird coming out of the Q uh QMJHL. Mm-hmm. Um because that's an insanely offensive league. But he's um one of the hallmarks of his game is um 200 foot type of game yeah. now if that translates to the NHL with bigger that's, bigger that's what, more skilled that's what i was referring to is at this level yeah. for sure but yeah you know i i knew that that was kind of his his write up um at the draft that he was yeah. very very good at at 200 Responsible. feet of hockey which is great which is i mean that's the types of players that i want on my team anyways yeah, and and personally, that's what kind of surprises me. I mean, I Phillips not getting it, you know. He, I mean, he got what two games? Yeah, got two games. Played less than five minutes a game. Yeah. Okay. Well, average, no, he played like nine minutes a game. Average game. nine, but that's fine. Um, one shot in two games. Um, I'm surprised that that Pelche hasn't been given an opportunity to play in a game. For as long as he's been here, being so Phillips got the opportunity to play. Did you hear what Sutter said? Uh, which time? I've heard a lot of stuff about what what Sutter's been saying in the last three, four days. Yeah. So he he had a really glowing review overall of, mm-hmm. of Peltier and what he brings um, in practice and all that type of stuff and, and how he's been playing in the AHL and all that type of stuff. And he said he really wants to bring him in and and um 
really compares him to a more sturdy Manjapani, um, which is good. Well, hallelujah. But one thing, <laughs> what he did say is, we're not 10 points up and we're not 10 points out. So I really want to get him in, but I don't know if there's a spot right now. Yeah, which I, I mean, that kind of makes sense. But at the same time, we need both offense and a spark. So we're, we're pretty much in the same spot we are now when Phillips was getting a shot. Yeah, I think that was, you know, honestly, I think that was like Brad putting his foot down and being like, come it, it, the fuck. It, it may have been Brad putting his foot down or potentially Phillips ruined it for anybody else. Yeah, that too. Right? I mean, he looked like ass. He was not good. Like, no. not even fucking slightly good. He, he was, was yeah. He wasn't okay. He was bad. Yeah. And, you know, he's in the AHL where he belongs. Simple as that. Yeah. But I, I just really hope that that didn't ruin a chance for uh, Pelche to at least slot in a game in the next, you know, a week. I think, honestly, against... A Columbus or, or Chicago, I think that's the perfect time. I think that it's also, it would be really good to have him maybe not on a line, but on a bench with Huberto because last I checked, now he's played, you know, half a season or whatever in the AHL since, since then. Mm-hmm. But like interviews over last summer after his first season, his English is still really uh, not good really rough mm-hmm. um so i think that having huberto is gonna help a lot yeah it could for, very for well yeah. yeah could very well that's a good yeah. point i mean it'd be difficult to play in a in a a, a western team uh, when when that language barrier is a is a thing right mm-hmm. it's no different than than um uh i can't think of of any uh examples right now but you know Sometimes it's sometimes teams will sign a free agent that's like Swedish just for the fourth line or whatever, or yeah, because they have a young prospect who's Swedish whose English is rough, right? Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. And that's why it was kind of cool with you know how many Swedes we have on the planes, right? Yeah, so you know that language barrier is is that much better. Right, like mm-hmm. you're not going to have that situation where somebody feels like the odd man out. Yeah, you know, you know, absolutely. Nikita might feel that, but he he doesn't seem to express it. Well, he also his English isn't bad. No, that's true. Right. I mean, I, I wonder. Last I checked, Peltier's English was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean that'll that'll come down to length of time. Right? Oh, yeah, hundred percent. Um. Anyways, shall we move on to the, the defense? Sure. Let's start with Tanev because I'm intrigued. I've been very disappointed in his game recently. Really? Not, not necessarily. Um, it's probably, I'm I'm I, I'm going to actually retract that a little bit. I I'm gonna I'm gonna remove the Barry. I've been disappointed in his game recently. Between the neutral zone and the offensive zone. Like I, just in center ice? Center ice and, and at the blue line. I I I think he's had a hard time keeping the puck in the zone. And I think he panics when the puck is on his stick. Really? Yeah. I, That's I, interesting. I, I haven't noticed that. I, I noticed it a, 
I'm going to say three, four times last night against Colorado that I, hmm. as soon as the puck got on his, like he, he, it's almost like he didn't know what to do with it. Um, and so like, I was, I was like, Oh Jesus, get rid of it. Like <laughs> if you don't know what to do with it, get rid of it. Like get it along the boards and, and move on. But he, like, he was trying to, trying to create himself a lane to shoot. I don't want him creating a lane to shoot. If Yeah, if, I don't if, care about that. No. If he doesn't have Do you a, think it was after he got that goal in in uh what ended up being the game winner, the sixth goal in uh in Dallas? Do you think he just decided he wanted to start shooting yeah, more? He thinks he's an offensive guy now? Yeah, I, maybe. Cuz I I did notice it uh with the Nashville game as well. I'm going to have to pay more attention to that because uh um maybe it's just my bias but i tend to you know see tanev has the puck and start looking elsewhere because i'm just not worried about it i agree 100 yeah. percent. i agree i i when it's in our zone i worry less but i was and, and i'm not worried when he has the puck in the offensive zone it's just it looked awkward yeah. and and it, it, it didn't have a clear idea of what to do once he got the puck and which is so which is weird to me from a professional player i'm just gonna double check this before i say it i think that him and it doesn't say i think him and Uyghur right shot and tanev is a right shot yeah so they're both right shots Mm -hmm. so that could be part of the awkwardness maybe he's covering the wrong his his offside and he's not used to doing that whereas Uyghur is but if you know sometimes they switch I was gonna I was gonna say um like looking back at the Colorado two times that I can remember vividly he was on the right side so stick along the boards yeah so yeah, I'm not sure what it was. It, it it just to me it looked weird, and and I wasn't I wasn't happy with his with his confidence with it when it came to the puck. I I yeah. don't obviously I don't have an issue with him in our zone defending. I mean he's he's steady as a rock, always has been, and and I'm not I'm not worried about him there. But I I found in the last couple of games he's really struggled to keep the puck in the zone, and and look comfortable being in the play. I wonder if he's trying to do too much because could be. we need offense. It could could very well be. And then, you know, once you score a goal, you kind of get the taste for it and you want to score more and, you know, it could very well be. But, I mean, I, I would think and or hope that he has more intelligence than that, right? He's he's more of – he's a veteran. So he, shouldn't, he shouldn't allow that to, to affect his game. So what do you think about that pairing? I I don't mind it. I'm not as down on on Uyghur as a lot of people are. Yeah, me neither. I he makes I've, he makes the odd boneheaded pizza right. play, but yeah. I mean, so do you know everybody else. 20 28 other people on the on the ice, right? Yeah. Like it, how many times have we seen boneheaded plays from every single player it's this year has been a weird thing mm-hmm. um i'm really enjoying his physical play 
That's something I didn't realize he had in him. But he makes some really good hits. Like really, really good yeah. hits. No, and, absolutely. And timely, timely hits too. Then they're like they're noticeable, and I like that. Truculent. Um, truculent. See? Ryan Burke would love him. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree. And he's not even like he's not a big guy in NHL. No, he's circles, not. right? He's he's he just knows the right time to to make hits, and <clears throat> I think he does uh, quite a good job of it. And I know I've spent a whole lot of time talking about, um, you know, his comparisons to Brody as far as the the stretch pass and the yeah. um the active stick. the zone exits, um, and. Honestly, even the the pinching, uh, like in behind the the net and stuff like that, like I think that he's got a lot better, and I I I don't have any problems really with Uyghur. Like every once in a while, like I said, you see that oh why did he throw, but it's the same with Brody, right? Like you see every once in a while the throw up the middle of the ice right to the opponent's stick, and it's just kind of like ugh. Yeah. Oh no. But <laughs> but without having, you know, Gaudreau, you need a way to get the puck through, yeah, the, through faster, right? That's because right. you don't have that that exit pass that we used to have, and and uh, I think he's he's good at it, and I like the pairing. Um, I'll have to pay more attention to to Tanev a little bit. Because I haven't really noticed that, but yeah, it was it was concerning to me, or more noticeable to me in the last couple of games. So you I mean it's funny because it, you made the comment after the goal that he scored, so that makes a ton of sense. Yeah, yeah. it's funny they both only have one goal on the season. Yeah, yeah, they're not they're not paid to score goals. No. And I think that took Uyghur a little bit too long to figure out yeah. because coming from Florida where everybody's paid to score goals. That's right. Um, that's the only way we can get people in the building is if everybody scores goals. Yeah. <laughs> and then we're still only getting like 30 people in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, right. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the Anderson-Hannafin pair. I... The one thing for me, and, and this is how I've always described good defense. When you don't talk about them, they're just strong. They're not making a lot of mistakes at all um, on on both ends of the ice. Uh, Hannafin, I think, is having a, a very strong year defensively. I think he looks much better than he has in, in years past. He seems to be buck, buckling down on understanding his his position opposed to you know wanting to streak up the ice every third play and, and things like yeah. that i i have been impressed with hannafin i've always been a you know a reasonable hannafin supporter but this year i'm 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 liking what i'm seeing out of him i think him and anderson anderson continues to improve which is really good and i think they I think next year they're going to be one of the top pairings in the league. Are you at all worried about what uh, extension Hannafin might get? 
Mm. And it's probably going to end up making five and a half to six, isn't it? Probably more. I think so. I think he's probably around seven. Mm. I don't agree with it, but that's that's my prediction. Yeah. I, um, I suppose if it comes down to that number, then yeah, I am worried about it and I wouldn't pay it. I I like the pairing. I think they've been really good for most of the year. Um, the last week or so, they haven't, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, given the whole team's kind of been really bad, but I've noticed lots of gaffes and and whether it's something as easy as you know the puck bouncing over their stick, but not going backwards. And you know, I'm a huge Rasmus fan. Mm-hmm. Um, always have been um i i just i think that both of them have struggled over the last week or so um there's no way i'm breaking it up but, no no um, because I mean, they are so good and and hannafin had the best month of hockey he's ever had yeah. um last month i think yeah, i agree yeah. um but this month has been a little more rough for both of them yeah i i, I agree with that uh, assessment you're right they have i mean but everybody the whole team has looked bad for mm-hmm. you know uh, a while there was a game and a half there was the the st louis game and then half of the dallas game that that the team looked good and other than that it's been a pretty rough month of watching hockey which is which is funny um because i mean we how, how do we go we, we lost we won lost an ot ot lost an ot and then so, yeah, I um, we've already spent a lot of time talking about Zadorov. Yeah, um, I I do want to make one comment because I actually um, we we have a like a tailgate meeting uh, every morning uh, my with my technicians we chit chat about whatever it's, it mostly comes around to hockey. Um, sorry, boss, it's not always work. Um. <laughs> One thing that I and I, I kind of jokingly said that it, he he Zadarov when he's streaking up the ice and he's going for his uh, his his lap as I call it right. I just I want to point out how he much like that. like he looks like Bambi on ice or or what I described him as a moose on skates. He he looks so fucking awkward. It's but, so awkward, but yeah. he's so quick. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it's, like he's got to be the fastest big man in the league. Yeah. For his size, yeah, he rips around pretty good. Yeah, like when he's coming up and he does that that lap, it takes him like no time to get back to that corner. Like it, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, I I had to break it up for that because it really made me chuckle. I I noticed no. it. I said it to uh, my wife um, last week or the week before. I'm just I was watching the game and I was like, man, look at him go. He just looks <laughs> so awkward on skates, but he's quick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, it's true. Um, and again, just like everybody else, you know, the odd pizza, the odd bad um, bad play, that one play in Dallas was just horrific. But right. he's um, just keeps getting better. Him and Rasmus both keep getting better. Um, I, I don't think Zadarov's had, like he had that one bad play, but I don't think he's had the bad month that the rest of the team has yeah 
Yeah, I agree. Um, which and, is funny because his partner's been fucking horrific. Right. He really has. And it's it's funny when you when you talk about that bad play because that was the first goal um that they scored. Uh, that Dallas yeah. scored. That was in the in the first period near the end. And we scored four goals after. So it it wasn't the the start of the collapse by any means, but it was still pretty egregious. It was atrocious that that play. That was just bad. Yeah. Um but yeah. Um Mike Michael Stone. I mean, I don't I think the only way because we're not breaking up any of the other pairs, right? So we can't break this pair up unless you're bringing Mackie in or De Simone or mm-hmm. um Gilbert or somebody. And I yeah. think it's time. I, oh. I really, really love Michael Stone, but I I think the biggest problem that we're having right now is for the last two years, like previous to this year, Stone has been used to being the seventh guy. So mm-hmm. I think he's at the point now where he's kind of becoming out of gas. Tired, yeah. Maybe it's time to rotate. It's hard to rotate three, but maybe it's time to give DeSimone or Gilbert or somebody like that. Uh, what's, a week. What's, what's Gilbert's status, do you know? Uh, he scored a goal the other night. He's back. Is he back playing? Yeah. Is he wearing a face shield? Like, I have no idea. Hmm. Um, I, mean, I, I kind of thought he had a broken cheekbone after that. Oh, maybe, maybe he is. I, I, but he's playing. That's but, you know, maybe he's wearing a, a face shield. A lot, lots of guys, you know, break their noses or break their their jar or whatever. And I know it was in the playoffs and led to a Stanley cup. But I remember one year um, Zidane Ochara had his jaw wired shut for half the playoffs in 2011 and then won. Which I'm sure it was refreshing for the other teams, right? Because he is a bit of a mouthpiece. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also it's a lot less likely he's going to fight. True. I mean, I'd fight you if I had a face shield. Yeah. I'd fight anybody. Um, <laughs> but what do you think about that? Do you think it might be time to to kind of give Stone a week off and at least a week off? I I honestly think that that he's tired. Yeah. No, um, I, I I agree with that statement because he, what the mistakes he's making, yeah. uh, like they're not even just mental mistakes. Like they're they're. It seems like he's making physical mistakes right now. Like I yeah. think his body just is not acting the way it's supposed to, right? Or not reacting to the to the I agree. and and like he used to. Just for context for those listening, Chris and I are both huge Michael Stone fans. Um, yeah. of what he brings when he's on is just that he's not currently on. The fact that he's plus five actually really surprises me, considering he's been. Um, you know, a few weeks of uh, not good. <laughs> yeah, but, that 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 actually is pretty remarkable because he. This is definitely a season where he hasn't been as good as as the last few. Yeah, um, and I think it might just do him really good to have, uh, Gilbert or DeSimone or whoever Mackie who's already up, right? So might mm-hmm. as well. Um, even though he had a rough tryout there, a few games, but 
but maybe it's time to just have somebody come in and play three games and stone plays one and then three more games and then stone plays one. And then maybe stone can play like five more after that. And then, but like, it's gotta be more of a rotation because like you said, stone is a, he's a very, very, very good seventh defenseman. Uh, and I, he's he's proving I, I, right now that he's a seventh defenseman. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, he is, and and I I would be okay with that sort of game plan, giving him you know numerous games off between now and and potentially the playoffs. Because if we're if we're ending the season in a playoff position, I want a rested uh, Michael Stone personally because I I think what he could bring to the table in the playoffs is his game su- is playoffs. Yeah. It's far yeah. superior to, than Mackey or DeSimone and Gilbert, obviously. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that well, I've been he's fighting an injury. It could be. Yeah. Could very well be. I mean, he's, he's, he's not a spring chicken anymore. Right. No. I mean, he's, and I mean, he's, he, I mean, he, the difference, I guess, between him and his brother is he just plays through it. Where you know his brother just would rather collect a check, you know, sitting at home. Well, or whatever he's I doing. mean, his brother has a degenerative back disease. I think that's a little different. Oh right, is that what it is? Did he yeah. did he catch that from Michael? Mm, from Michael, <laughs> he had that long before that. But yeah, I don't know. good joke. No, um. So I think long story short, we want to mix up all of the all of the forward lines other than the third line. Yep. We want Vladar to play more than Markstrom, but we still want Markstrom to play every once in a while. Yeah. Um it's it's funny and when, we and gotta like mix mix up the up. lines. We want them like I want a lot of it to go back to the way it was, minus yeah. one or two players, but not that we were playing incredible hockey, but it it started to come together in my opinion, and then it didn't for a couple of games, and then that's when things just kind of, you know, as they say, shit hit the fan, and Daryl just went, "That's it." You know, grab his players. Well, you sit over here, and you sit over here. When when we came out hot, and and I'm gonna probably cite this, you know, every every episode or two, but we came out hot, and then we had one bad period against the Oilers. Right, and that was when the uh, Manjapani, Kadri, and Dubé line were together, and the you know the first five six games, whatever it was, they were really like the whole team. Like Huber though wasn't really that good, but the rest of the team was flying, and everyone was doing good. And then we had one bad period, and Sutter blew it all up, changed everything. And then kept it while it was bad for too long, and then they all lost their chemistry that they previously had. Yeah, and that was um, that that was honestly to me that's where the season went downhill. Yeah, I can see that. But you have any other thoughts, or I don't. I mean, I'm my one thought is like they seriously need to get their shit together. Well, yeah, <laughs> that much I agree with. And they got to start having fun. 
Maybe they need a fucking train ride. That's why I said uh, they need to be taken to the, the other day to the train like, station. Yeah. Well, what, that's why I said the other day or yesterday when they were playing Colorado, I was like, I hope this game ends nine to one. Right. Because that was that season when Pittsburgh beat us nine one, and the season seemed lost, and then we ended up making the playoffs. Yeah. Um. That was the game that really took the team to a new level. Like they, they, it, it kicked it, them in the ass. That's right. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta wake, wake them up. Right. Did yeah. you hear, did you hear Daryl's uh, interview after that game, after the four one last night in, for, in Colorado? For, um, at home to Colorado. Yeah. But I don't know what you're, so, so somebody asked about you know the about the about the loss being four one and and he's and, and Daryl says some paraphrasing here you know don't quote me um, something along the lines of I I would rather have lost nine to one. Oh, did he? Yeah, and I, oh, as, I didn't. As soon as he said it, I'm like, God damn it, Dylan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I think that that's. I, I do think that's a thing where sometimes teams, you know, they start winning when they shouldn't be, when they're playing badly, and then they get really complacent. Yeah. At the, that that's how you need to play when it's not. Or, you know, they're <clears throat> they're losing, but they're still in the game. Yeah. When really a blowout loss is what they need to kick them in the ass. Yeah. And the Flames haven't had a blowout loss, I don't think, this year. I mean, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I guess not, right? I mean, four to one is, I mean, it's a blowout, but it's not like nothing worth. Yeah, I mean, they just they like just like a blowout loss like to us. me is like a five or six goal game. Um, I mean that. That was a blowout in the sense that the other team was just way fucking better. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't a blowout in the fact that, you know, for most of the game it was within reach. I think losing three to one is a blowout to uh to Columbus. Well, again, the other team showed up and we didn't fuck with us. They better fucking win against against Columbus and Chicago coming up here because if they don't, that might be the season, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. If if they can't win those two games handedly, then we're we're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, we're in we're in some serious trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That being said, everybody, I think uh we're probably gonna shut it down. Thanks for tuning in for another episode, of the Armchair GM podcast. Don't forget to share episodes. Smash the like button below. Comment, comment, comment. We like to interact with everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether you want to call me out for saying stupid things, whether you want to congratulate Dylan on uh, being right for for the first time this calendar year. The the years <laughs> the year is very early, yeah. so I mean it, it'll be fine. Um, also, make sure you let us know what you think the Flames are, what their identity is this season, because. Yeah. Um, Interested to see what fans think. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we're all on the same page at at the moment because it's 
It's not looking great, but it could. Just never know. We just need a spark. Just need that uh, that Peltier kid to bring bring us something. Just save the whole team. Save the franchise. It it might save Daryl and Brad's jobs. Who knows? You never know. Oh, if that's the case, then that's not play him. Correct. <laughs> Thanks for watching, everybody. Dylan and Chris, go Flames, Cheers. go. Cheers.